Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dion Brown, and you are listening to Man vs. Brand. Uh, if I could, I would like to encourage everyone that's listening to my voice right now to go to our social media platforms, Man vs. Brand, and follow. Right? Engage with us on our platform with all of the things that we're doing there. I also want to say, hey, if you haven't done so, go to our website, manversusbrand.com. Check out the merch. Check out the episodes. Check out all of the platforms that we're on to decide which podcast platform you want to listen to this episode on. So listen, we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, We're going to talk about the cross-section between the cannabis industry and being an entrepreneur in and of itself. Listen, we talked about the 420 situation of how certain parts of the cannabis industry is tough. We're also going to talk about what it is to be in a space where you want to just grow a business. The question is, what does it actually take for that business to not work in your favor? What are the licensing, the finances that it takes for you to come to that business and walk away feeling as if you didn't get your fair share? Now... With that said, I'm actually going to have a conversation with someone who is entering that business set, right? So not exactly cannabis because we know that cannabis encompasses a bunch of things. It's not just one thing. It's not just the the manufacturing and growth of cannabis itself. There are delivery people. There are accessories. There's a ton of business that's available in the cannabis industry, right? So we're going to figure that out. But more importantly, I think it's important that we discuss all of the things that are not directly related to the industry that can create a space where we're like, hey, I don't know if I could do this, right? I don't know if if I have the time for it. I don't know if I have the finances, the resources. Um, I am trying to live my best individual life. How do I also get to my dream? Right. And so we don't have the answers. No one has the answers. If they tell you they have the answers, they're in fact lying because I think everyone has an individual journey. Everyone's trying to figure it out. And regardless of what level you're at, everyone's still trying to get to the next space. I don't care if you're retired. I don't care if you're a multimillionaire. I don't care if you're six businesses in. There's something left for you to do, and you're not going to be quite sure how to get there. So let's have a conversation about what it takes not only to enter into the cannabis business, but also just to enter into business itself. We're going to talk about those two things at the same time. This is going to be a great talk to listen to. You're listening to Man Vs. Brand. We're going to start the intro in five, four, three, two, one. One of the greatest philosophers of our time once said that when it's up, then it's stuck. Find out how to make your next big idea stick with Dion Brown and his podcast. With 20 years of experience in growing and managing businesses and brands at the highest level, Dion is having the conversations that you are looking for. Welcome and have a great time. Okay, we're back. So listen, I want you guys to hear from someone that I think has a good perspective on not only what it takes to be in this business, in this entrepreneurial space, but also about her entrance into the cannabis accessories business. I think it's a great talk because it's, like I said, a cross-section between what we have discussed in our last episode and what the point of this podcast is, to discuss the entrepreneurial experience, to tell stories that need to be told, and to really understand like the fact that we're not alone, that individuals don't have it all. Some people have really great messages, points, stories to share and we're here to learn from them we're here to learn from the wins the mistakes the errors the bonus stuff like the 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 new cars the new houses all the stuff that makes this all seem like it's worthwhile so let's take a journey with someone who i think is figuring it out but hasn't quite found the recipe and let's try to figure out the recipe for her i want to introduce you guys to vanessa tolbert Vanessa, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. (laughs) All right. So I want to talk about your past experience. Like what have you been doing in your life previous to where we are today? Okay. Um, I have a crap ton of market research experience. 
um, worked in the market research and and or the customer service field for many many years uh, just in and out of call centers basically um, and that eventually led me uh, down some other paths um, the the last the, the place that I worked at the longest um, actually went out of business I was out of work for a little bit over a year and just as my unemployment was running out because I was coasting for a while I wasn't trying to look for no job I wasn't doing anything got it um, unemployment runs out is I'm down to like my last two or three checks and I'm like oh my gosh at this point I have been filling out applications sending in resumes nobody's getting back to me and I'm panicking and I'm like I need to keep the roof over my head I have a child I have to take care of what am I going to do and I dumped my last three unemployment checks I just had this uh, various idea this interesting idea and I don't know where it came from because okay. um, I'm not really a smoker smoker <laughs> okay. 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 Um, but um, I did notice that um, there I, I shop a lot on um, certain platforms I won't say which ones but um, no I no we're into promotion here like so the Etsy's the art fires okay. the Amazon's the Ebay's of the world we see y'all guys so it was definitely Etsy um I went looking for something and a bunch of other stuff popped up and I noticed that there seemed to be a hole for the kind of product that I offer okay now. so let's pause for a second yes. so when you say that you were looking for something and there were a lot of other things let's get specific okay what were you looking for and what were you finding? So I was actually looking for the vials that I use to make uh, my accessories. Okay, so was, okay. so so to, to put it in perspective, so uh, we're talking about cannabis, we're talking about cannabis accessories, mm -hmm. and we're talking about the vials in which uh, cannabis can be placed in in order to keep it right to keep it fresh. Like I imagine that you know a bunch of people are out here using plastic. That that glass is probably the better, like material for that. I would like to think so, but it's also not very durable. It's not very durable. <laughs> All right, so, so so that's the case. So you were looking for these these glass vials, and and listen, I want to I want to pause by by saying this, right? Like uh, Nielsen found out that when people are polled about their watching habits, uh, about their viewership, that people tend to choose the answer that seems the smartest. Okay. When they actually looked at the raw data of what people watched, it skewed very different to what they were polled as receiving results, right? So to bring this into this conversation, I'm going to say there's a lot of people that's going to sit here right now and be like, cannabis, I hate that stuff. But you're secretly doing it. Your kids are doing it. Your mate is doing it. You're doing it. So so I want everyone to take off their like, you know, um, their their hats of, you know, I, I don't do that. Their hats of judgment and just focus into the fact that we're talking about products in business, right? That that it's important that regardless of what we're talking about selling, that we have an intelligent conversation around it, right? Because judgment is out the, the, the way, right? Like folks are selling things all the time and whether we believe in it like pharmaceuticals or not like pharmaceuticals, doesn't matter, right? We know that cannabis is helpful and beneficial to millions of individuals out there and we should support things that support a better quality of life. So I just want to say that before we dig into this conversation anymore, just for the folks in the back that saying amen a little bit too low. All right. So, so talk to me. So you were looking for uh, these glass vials and you couldn't find them. Right. And what I kept coming across were like these uh, tin or aluminum uh, vials that had the screw on tops and they seemed, you know, they were in like this cold charcoal gray and black and there was nothing there really that were uh, there for to represent women. Okay, so and, they weren't feminine enough. Right, and okay. because I am a woman, I was looking for something a little dainty. Yeah. Uh, you know, just something, a, a, just a little bit different. And I'm like, I don't want a black one. I don't want this. I don't want that. And I'm looking through and I'm realizing that um, when I changed the words in my search to look for more feminine products of that type, I think the search came up with about 10. Okay. <laughs> and they were not of good. I didn't care for the quality of some of them. Um, it, it really just looked like 
someone's kid was like in art class and just kind of made something. And I was like, I wouldn't pay for that. Um, you know, and, and not to knock anybody. I mean, you know, if you're a creator, I am for the creators. <laughs> do what you do. But it just wasn't something that was, uh, it, it didn't resonate with me. Okay. And so, so let's, let's dive into that for a sec for mm -hmm. the folks that's listening. Some of the most important business ideas that you'll come up with are based on figuring out that there's a need in the market that was based on what you actually needed, right? So many people want to create these ideas to serve everyone else. The question is what in the market doesn't serve you? And do you have the passion to actually create that for you and for people who look, sound, feel, want like you? Right. And so, so oftentimes we're trying to think big ideas, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to create this concept. I want to do that. Some of the most simplest, best ideas are the ones that you come up to because you're like, I don't see this for me. Right. And so you didn't see that thing for you. You were searching for it. Um, you were in a place where you had already decided that you wanted to do something similar. Yes. Right. And you put um, you put up some of the money mm -hmm. that you were, um, utilizing in unemployment yes. for this idea. Yes. Now pause before anyone says anything about utilizing money for business ideas, please be aware that the, that New York's unemployment system does in fact have a program that allows you to create a business idea and to, to go into an entrepreneurship pathway while you're getting unemployment, right? And so it's important to also understand that this isn't a diversion of funds, that in fact, uh, unemployment for those who uh, are good candidates for it will allow you to create a business while you're on, un on unemployment and get you to a path of ownership and self-sufficiency. Yep. All right, so let's get back into these feminine glass tubes that seemed a little flimsy. Sorry, creators. We love you. Go. All right. Go. So I actually, um, I had, I found, I'm looking for the tubes and, and I'm not finding what I'm looking for. And then I switched gears a little bit and I said, well, Amazon has everything. I said, I'm probably going to find what I'm looking for. And I already had an idea of what it was that I was looking for. And um, I go on Amazon and I put the search words in and I play around with that a little bit. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I start to see a lot of what I'm looking for in bulk. It's in the price range that I'm looking for. And I'm like, I think I can do this. <laughs> All right. So you're seeing stuff that is uh, in bulk. Yes. But not in retail. Correct. Meaning that you're not seeing it on the retail sites, the platforms like Etsy where you're looking for it. But you do see it in bulk and you recognize that you may have the ability to create something that would apply for retail yep. for you. Okay. Yep. Um, so um, I start doing all this research on the different types of materials I could use. Um, obviously, glass is always a good option for freshness. Um, but as I said, they're not durable. We live in New York City. There's concrete everywhere. We have hardwood floors. We, You know, it, it's probably not the best thing to be walking around with a... I mean, just to share. Wait a minute. Hold on. So so we're saying that people who may <laughs> indulge in cannabis may also be clumsy? Yes. Because of the cannabis? I, Are we saying that? Is that what we're saying? Not because of the cannabis. I am naturally clumsy. Okay, so we're naturally so. clumsy. The, the cannabis may enhance the clumsiness. Yes. All right, whatever. We're just going to put that out there just in case. If you're a cannabis user, you might want to check on your balance. All right, continue. So I have, um, so I'm looking around at all these products and um, I find that they, you know, I can get these plastic vials and I'm like, okay, this might work. They have these nice little niches in the top where you can kind of push it and the top opens up and I'm like, okay, I, th I think these are perfect. And I'm looking at different types of glue and that I can use and, and how they're used and all of these things. And I finally decide on the select price and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start off. I bought a box of a hundred vials and I also bought some glue as well as um, some rhinestones, which at the time I was not buying really in 
I guess in a sense you can say it was in bulk, but it wasn't, you know, because I did find another place where I can buy like thousands of them. But um, the sets that I were buying were probably about maybe 150 to 200 beads a piece. I bought three sets of beads and I was like, let's, the products came, I said, let's make one. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, they're time consuming to make depending on the size of the bead that I'm using. Uh, they can take about an hour and a half to just make one. And so, so one tube can be an hour and a half. Yep. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is intense. But when I got my final product, I was like, this is gorgeous. This is exactly what I wanted. Okay. So let's, let's pause for a second and talk about, um, supplies, time and price. Yes. Right. So when you were looking on Etsy and you were trying to figure out, uh, if it was available, how much were these same tubes? about anywhere between ten, depending on the material and and what it was anywhere between 10 and I think $35. Okay, between 10 and 35. Yes. Okay. How much per tube would you estimate that you paid? On on the tube itself, on the rhinestones, on whatever the decoration was? a good question i still have i'm still trying to figure that out because right, so i don't even let's, know let's, if my pricing is actually i know so we're about to we're about to get into pricing right now we're about yes. to that's what we're about to do for the folks right so 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 you said 10 to 35 dollars mm-hmm. right and um you were purchasing the rhinestones and mm-hmm. tubes, right so how many tubes did you purchase i bought a box of 100 100 for how much um i think it was 24 or $30. It was somewhere in there. I think I paid like $30. All right. So, so it's approximately 30 cents per tube. Yes. Right. Okay, right. cool. 30 cents per tube. And how much were the rhinestones? Um, again, the rhinestones, um, depending on how many I want uh, and where they're coming from and what they're, and, and their availability. Cause sometimes if the stone is not available. They'll charge a higher price. Okay. Like if they, if there's only one set of them, um, again, those will vary. I usually will not allow myself to pay more than $5 for a set. And that and the set can vary between, you know, sometimes that means getting 200 stones and sometimes it might mean getting 2,000 stones. Okay, so, so on average, how many stones does it take to do one of your tubes? Um, about 250, and I think I'm using the five milliliter. Okay, right so, so we're looking at about $8 per tube. Yeah. Without shipping, boxing, anything else, right? So, so I'm taking the 250 at the cost of five dollars, or 2,000 at the cost of five dollars, averaging that that out to about five dollars per tube, and then taking the um, the the 100 tubes uh, at about a cost of thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at about a thirty cent a tube, 30 right? Cents. Thirty cent yeah. a tube. So. I'm going to say about, once everything's done, said and done, I'm going to say about $8 a tube. Let's mm-hmm. call it 8 right? Right. Um, it's a little higher, but I'm going to also factor in time. Right. Because time is important, right? Like, um, the $8 also includes manual labor, mm-hmm. right? So, we could say that it's it only costs $5.30, but that's not, in fact, true. Mm-hmm. That, that it takes some time to create these. So, we're not going to inflate this at $20 per hour because... The, the, the public doesn't the public understands uh, goods that are handmade mm-hmm. but they also understand average price right so let's say this thing costs about eight dollars mm-hmm. right ten dollars isn't gonna make you a lot of money right so how much are you pricing these at um right now they are 20 per tube and I have another accessory which I've added to my line. Um, to add to that, I'm, I'm also creating lighters to match the tubes. Um, so the lighters are roughly about in their blank state, about two to $3 a piece. Okay. And then I'm still using those same stones from before to, you know, to, to wrap them up. Um, because the lighter is a smaller surface. Um, I want to say the lighters probably take me about 40 Five minutes maybe all right so it, it's it's important uh to have this conversation about resource allocation mm-hmm. right so you are making these tubes you have a set of a thousand stones 
you use approximately 250 to 300 of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have these stones that are left over. Mm-hmm. You're like, what can I do with these stones? Well, people who want to fill these tubes will more than likely also want really cool accessories for their accessory, right? So you end up in a space where you're like, hey, I think I'm also going to make an accessory for this accessory vis-a-vis mm-hmm. a lighter, mm-hmm. right? And 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 people are going to enjoy these as individual items or possibly as a gift set, mm-hmm. what have you, right? Okay, so so you create the tubes, you use your money um, from unemployment to do so, and what's your first sale experience? Uh, my first sale experience uh, was on Etsy. Um, I actually, um, I wish I could say it was some random stranger that just came across my, my page on Etsy and, and was like, hey, I want, I want this. No, um, I actually happened to be in the neighborhood. A neighbor saw it and she was like, what's that? And when I showed her what it was, and I think that's the biggest, I, to be honest with you, just to skew off a little bit, I think that's the biggest problem that I might be having. We don't and... do skews over here, so don't worry. <laughs> Um, I might be having an actually, uh, you know, outside of the fact that I feel like I should be doing more on social media to push it. Um, I think that the term itself is not one that people are familiar with. So the item itself is actually in the market. It's called a dube tube. Um, and when I say that a dube tube as in doobie, yes, as Correct. in doobie. So, so when I think doobie, I think already pre-rolled. Yes. Okay. Right. So I did. So um, I never learned how to roll. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, like a I'm, lot of people out here. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm a cone girl. Um, for those of you who don't know what a cone is, um, there are these products on the market that already have a filter and the paper attached. It's already there, and all you have to do is stuff the weed into it and twist it at the end, and you set it on fire, and it still smokes like anything else. Oh, that's cool. That's like a little, that's a gadget. Yeah. Okay. So, um, they have cones on the market for stuff like that, and um, but also I know people who roll their regular brown cigar stuff, and yeah. you know, they travel with them, and they find that, you know, they find these weird ways to package them so that it doesn't break while it's in transit. And I'm like, you know, I feel like this would be a good thing for people to have. It's still smell proof. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it's a, I think it's a good product. Now, no question. So, and, and this is, this is a, a bit of a murky question. Uh-huh. But I think it's important. Uh-huh. So, can when you're on Etsy, can you list what the use of this is? Um, You, you can, but the, the okay, so. Or are you using like kind of flowery language? Well, to describe so what it is, like, I think I think the biggest problem I have with Etsy sometimes it's the um, I have <laughs> another thing I'm working on. The sections of the ad itself will limit you to a certain number of characters. Okay. Um, when you go, there is a section where you kind of um, have to you kind of have to put uh, some kind of tag words on it so that. If someone says I'm looking for a birthday gift, if I put my thing under and say this is good for a birthday purchase, it will come up in that run of searches, you know, uh, birthday gifts for women or anything like that. Yes. So, so that's matching keywords to the algorithm. Right. Yes. So they, but they have ones that you have to select, like you can't just put your own. So I'm not <laughs> outside of that. It's the, the actual description. Um, again, I, I'm not sure how many smokers out there or smoker affiliates because you know there's those of us who love people who then we'll, we'll get gifts from time to time for people who and i mean listen there's also i imagine some other uses like you could you know use this for incense or you can right. use this for loose tea like i mean there's a ton right. of stuff that if like your 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 ingenuity in I, I don't know. I I'm going to use the word. I did find in, another purpose for them. Okay. Of, but again, it's geared toward women. It, they they fit tampons. It, it, they can conceal a tampon for those of us who go. You know, we're in a world. We go to work. There's men. You want to be discreet when you go into the bathroom. It's that time of the month. They they do fit tampons. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I, I do want to make a public service announcement <laughs> that you should not use the same tube for both. Oh, that, no. that, yeah. that, that you, you got to kind of pick your struggle. You got to decide whether you want it for the cannabis or you want it for the tampon application. 
But in a space where you're choosing the same tube for both, you are failing. You are failing, and it's only ten to thirty-five dollars per tube. So stop it, stop it, person. Don't you dare. All right, cool. So, 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 so you have some, you have some, um, some space and open availability to um, have your product place in the algorithm, right? But you have some restrictions based on on the categorization that they make available to you. Yes. Okay. And I also, so what I've been trying to work on are other words that people may use. They, they may say, uh, they may call it a joint holder, a blunt holder, or, you know, something else. I don't think a lot of people are familiar with the term dude tube. Um, it's, it kind of feels like bong, right? Like it kind of feels like um, that kind of Grateful Dead, um, you know, we're, Woodstock, hippie kind of terminology that may not be colloquial right now, right? Like when it was created, doobies made sense, right? Um, I watched Cheech and Chong, so I know what a doobie is, right? But but anyone born after 1982 probably doesn't know what a doobie is. Maybe you do. Maybe because your parents watched some stuff, but you may not necessarily know what a doobie is. So yes, um, and I think that what you're bringing up is a really important thing which is um, you have to make sure that your product stands on its own, is clearly defined, but also taps into um, what's current and now, right? We, like so much of the, the kind of search algorithm is based on keywords that people individually choose. Mm-hmm. And if your product doesn't really sit in that space of what people are searching for, even if it's what they're looking for, You'll be you won't go up. Yep. You'll be all the way at the bottom of the list. Um, so I've, I've put, so I, I, you know, I created this product. My uh, neighbor sees me outside and she's like, what's that? And I tell her and she's like, oh, that's really cute. She's like, where'd you get it from? And I'm like, I make these. And she's like, for real? Well, well how can I get one? And I'm like, well, I have a shop on Etsy. She's like, send me the information. She bought one the same on night. It was, it was the most uh, uh, amazing experience because that was not what I was expecting it to be like. I expected my stuff to sit there for a while. I was going to keep playing with the algorithm a little bit and kind of figure out what was going to attract people. And, and, you know, I wasn't expecting to do, to get a sale so soon. Um, so we're going to talk about this for a second, because mm -hmm. I think this is an important lesson that Vanessa learned. Uh, oftentimes when we start businesses, it's our core advocates, the people that we already know that are going to buy from us. So often we try to build this product for the masses when we first just need to talk to the people that already know us because those people are likely to support things that we do that are good. Uh, the other thing is a concept that's called minimally viable product. All right, guys, it's called MVP. What minimally viable product says is that someone doesn't need to have all of the information necessary in order to understand what you're trying to do. Meaning, uh, you don't have to have all of the bells and whistles of your brand for someone to buy into it. You don't, the logo doesn't have to be all the way done. The name doesn't have to be all the way done. Your website doesn't have to be all the way done. The fact is, if someone looks at your product or service and goes, I like it, that's your first confirmation that you're onto something. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we try to build this whole big business around an idea and never get the feedback to understand whether anyone else other than us wants this idea on the market, right? right? And so uh, we also call that proof of concept, right? And so you, you had an early experience with proof of concept. So how did you feel after she made that purchase? I was excited um, because, you know, I obviously, you know, I, I did catch a couple of people who were like, well, other people caught on. They were like, oh, can I just come to you directly? And I'm like, I'd like you to buy it online because I need the reviews. She was more than willing to do it. Um, I She lives right upstairs from me. It was so weird. And I still had to mail it to her, but she did a review and everything. And I was excited about that. And then um, from there, I did have a couple of, you know, I don't have, so that was my only official sale on Etsy. Do I have some sales off of Etsy? Yes. Because I did find myself in hard times again, in between jobs. And people were like, hey, we want to, and it was the holidays. And they were like, hey, we want to, do I have to, I was like, you know what? 
come see me. Bring me the money. You select what you want. I'll show you what I have. <laughs> we go through that. By the way, we're, we're going to say that the money that she earned was under the threshold was right. necessary for the IRS for you to report this income. We're just going to say that. We're going to believe that. We're going to believe that. It's Sunday right now, so we're going to pray on that. Uh, so... I need everyone to sit with me right now because they said if two or more come together, <laughs> then it will be so. So we're gonna we're gonna pray that that money was under the tax threshold. All right, cool. So 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 people were coming to you. They were they were purchasing them. Um, and how um, many products did you have on Etsy at the time that she bought? Uh, I think I have about twelve or thirteen products. Are they currently still up there? Yep. All right, so. Why don't you do a shameless plug for your site? Okay. All right. Um, you can find me uh, at etsy.com slash uh, it's tokes to go T O K E S the number two and the word go. Um, if you want to check me out on Instagram, um, the handle is the same. And again, that's T is in Tom O K E S as in Sam, the number two and the word go. Um, so yeah, right now I'm on Instagram and Etsy and that's where you can find me. All right. So it's like rooms to go, but <laughs> we're toking. Yes. Tokes to go. Right. <laughs> yes. So T O K E S the number two and the word go. go tokes to go. Um, so from a brand perspective that brings to mind, uh, portability mm-hmm. that brings to mind, um, uh, availability to travel with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all of what encompasses this idea of a cannabis accessory. Mm-hmm. So, so in a space where it's called a dube tube, mm-hmm. a dube tube, um, what would you like to name it? Like if you could rename this category of accessory, what would you call it? It's something that works for me and it doesn't work for the public, which is who I'm reaching out to. So... Um, definitely something I need to, you know, uh, sit on for a bit and, and just think about where I would go with it. All right. So, so it is a tube. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is a holder. Uh-huh. Uh, um, it's a smolder. You can actually put the, the bl- I mean, it, as long as it's not, cause it's still plastic. I mean, as long as the thing is not full ablaze, like if you put it out and it's still smoking a little bit, if you put it in there and close it, it'll smolder it and it's, it's fine. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. It's smell proof. Um, and, um, I, I mean, it, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a holder. It's, you know, I mean, uh, do, do people use the word joint? I think so. For those of us who still smoke paper. <laughs> oh God. I don't even know any of the nuance behind so, this. So, so pretty much a, a, a blunt, if I'm not mistaken, refers to anything rolled in like brown paper, cigar paper. That would be considered a blunt. Okay. Back in the day, it was Philly's blunt, white owl blunt. Like that was what you were rolling with. Um, if you were rolling in something like easy, wider, um, raw papers, uh, Bob Marley papers, that would be considered a joint. Got it. <sighs> Man. <laughs> This industry, man, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, so it's supposed to be like a, I can't remember the number. It's something billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the number from, from the last episode, but I can see why, because mm-hmm. just in the type of things that you could roll to smoke mm-hmm. this, um, it's already multifaceted and diverse. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, so you mentioned earlier that you have a child. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, a so, child who is now a teenager. She is 16 years old. 16. Yeah. Ooh, that's that age where like you, <laughs> you, you don't really know nothing, but you know everything. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> you don't know nothing, but and, you know and everything. This is, this is very interesting because my, my watching her personality blossom, my child, um, she, I don't, I can't say that she cares for my business, but she will support me <laughs> because I am her mother. But she is very much anti-drug, anti-drink, LGBTQ plus. Like, she's definitely, like, I, I could see in the future, if, if she said to me, Mom, I'm going to join a protest, I'd be like, okay. Like, I, I'd see her being that kind of child. And that's awesome, right? Because, <laughs> because I think that that's, that's the hallmark of good parenting, right? Is that, <laughs> is that you raise a child that's not a carbon copy of you, but that, that can fully express their own personal wants and dreams and hopes 
And your job is just to lead them down a path that doesn't get them arrested at the protest. Yep. Right? Like, that's, that's your job, right? It's like, it's like go, but just don't get arrested, right? Uh, and if you do, I'm going to bail you out once. But after once, you're on your own. Right. Right? Cool. Um, well, I, I, let's not even talk about whether she supports your business, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a good question. Like, what do you think your daughter believes about entrepreneurship? And, and what do you think that you being a role model for it does for her? I, that's that's kind of hard to answer. Right now, um, I, I have a hard time uh, motivating her to do anything. Once school is over, she's mentally drained and she just wants to come home and watch YouTube. Well, but, but, but listen, okay, so, so, so okay, I'm going to put this out there. I know a little bit about the dynamic, not a lot, right? But... Uh, your daughter's a creative, right? She actually is. Um, I'm, I would like, essentially my plan is to get strong enough in my own business. And maybe it doesn't take that, but I would like to get strong enough in my own business so that I can coach her to be able to move her art and, and her stuff so she doesn't have to work for anybody. Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't, looking at her personality type and just how laid back she is, I'm not sure she would make a good employee for someone. Go, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> Neither was her mom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so, so it, it's, it's important. I think when, when we have conversations about generational wealth, mm-hmm. that wealth isn't just about monetary wealth is also about skill set. Yep. Right. How many people do we see in the public eye at least where the parent was a really great earner, innovator, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and the child is lost in the world that they didn't create, right? right. The world of expectation, the world of how are you going to define yourself, right? And so when we talk about generational wealth, it's not just about passing a monetary amount. It's also mm-hmm. about passing skill sets to allow you to be and to decide the version of yourself that you want to show up in as in the world. Right. And so with that said, I also believe that for creatives school is tough for, for a lot of creative school is tough because school has by and large, and this is a blanket statement. So all of you teachers, principals, administrators, please don't get mad at me has taken out, the arts as a part of their core curriculum, right? It's, it's a little more STEM based and STEM is important. STEM is vastly important, right? It's important for critical thinking. Mm -hmm. It's important for uh, logical problem solving. It's important for, um, skill sets that, uh, are transferable into other sectors of business. Um, but for the creative, it's, just a bunch of logic, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of creatives don't really think in linear logic in the same ways that others do. I and agree. that's not to say that they they can't think that way. It's just the default isn't necessarily in the same vein. Mm-hmm. And so I could see where school could be frustrating right. for a person that thinks differently. Um, but also the world isn't always set up for them. And so the the faster that they learn how to function and blossom in a world that's not necessarily set up for them mm-hmm. is the the higher likelihood that they are to be successful in that world. Well, she we, we have spoken about it. I mean, there's a couple of her uh, designs that she's made. I'd like her to start with like T-shirts, um, maybe notepads, something like that. Um I think, you know, I, and I, I have to get the ball rolling on that because that girl is 16 years old and we got to be quick with it because at some point, I feel like if I don't jump on it now, she's going to graduate high school and be like, what now? <laughs> she's either going to be Kylie Jenner or a dropout. No, I'm kidding, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. That is not the truth. That is not absolutely the truth. All right. Um, but you would, you would like a Kylie Jenner result with the moral fiber of solid yes. parenting. And I'm not saying that she doesn't have a solid moral fiber, but I think 
the cross section of those two things mm-hmm. is probably favorable, right? You want mm-hmm. someone to be super successful. You also want them to be grounded mm-hmm. and be humble and be emotionally intelligent yep. and all of those things. So she's 16. You got like maybe four more years of her listening to you before yes. she'd be like, you don't know nothing. Yeah. So what are you going to do in the next four years to grow your business so that you're a role model? Oh, man. Obviously a lot. I got to go back to my list of things. I already have a list that I keep on my closet in my bedroom that I look at every day. And every day I chip away at it. Something gets taken away. And now I feel like having this conversation with you. I have a new <laughs> few tasks to add to it, which is a great thing because it just means like... I, I, you know, I've come to learn in, in parenthood and business and being an employee, you, you, you should not allow yourself to get, but so comfortable. And, um, I think that not having a list of things you want to improve means you're way too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that, you know, when, when we write lists down, it makes things real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes things accountable. Mm-hmm. Right, like you have to stare your list in the face and say, "What have I done to improve you?" Right, um, and in that way, you know, you may put off your list, mm-hmm. but your list is going to be your list until you take it right. down. Right, and so, um, what do you want for yourself in the next four years? In the next four years, she's gonna be twenty. She's gonna want some I would like to be very successful in my business. I mean, down the line, what I want my—I don't want my business to just be tubes and lighters. Um, at some point, I would like to uh, bring in the weed crushers. Um, maybe be able to be in a position to create my own line of papers for rolling or something of that nature. Um. But I would like to be way more successful than I am now. And not to say that I'm not successful. I'm taking baby steps into this. Um, but it, it's going slower than I would like to. And I know that I'm, I'm, the, I'm the stopper in all of this. I'm the bottleneck. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to give a, a different perspective because, you know, I like giving a different perspective. Okay. Um, and this is going to be a... Shameless plug for the book that we were talking about off air that I'm writing called Man vs. Brand, you guys. So I'm excited to bring that to you guys soon. Um, but so I have this 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 book inside of Man vs. Brand that's mm-hmm. called The Part-Time Mogul. And and what it says is that time, money, and resources are the three biggest challenges in any business. But it is more so a challenge when you're also trying to work professionally in another yep, space. I agree. And so I think sometimes we we are hard on ourselves because we wish we had more time. We wish we had more money. We wish we had more resources. But if we are intentional with our time, our money, and our resources, then we'll just do the best with what we have available to us and hopefully – we grow mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's not the big crazy growth that, you know, spawned the apples of the world, but really the apples of the world didn't grow with that type of growth. Like he worked for Apple left and came back. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even the hero stories that we, we discuss frequently aren't the stories in the way that we discuss them. Right. right? Like it's not until you read the autobiography that you really realize that it's not overnight and it wasn't linear. It didn't just happen. Growth didn't just happen. One year is 50%. Next year, 75. Next year, 100. Now it's 300. Mm-hmm. It didn't work that way. And so I think we have to give ourselves grace mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to do the best that I have mm-hmm. with the money, time, and resources available. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's important that we don't beat ourselves up for lack of a better term, because in doing so, all we do is uh, procrastinate on the growth that we're supposed to get to. Right. Right. The more time that we spend self deprecating, you know, wondering why we're not doing this, why it's not happening fast enough. It's less time that we're actually focused on the things that we need to do. I agree. Yep. 
um, so yeah, I, um, I, I want, so I want to implement the crushers, um, maybe some rolling papers. Um, and at, you know, I'm also thinking that down the line, I might want it to be a full set where you, you know, you have your, your lighter, your tube, your crusher, and then maybe even a flask for the people who like to drink and smoke. So, <laughs> um, Ooh, we're, we're moving into spirits and beverage, <laughs> right? I like a cross industry move. I love a cross industry move. Let's, mm, that, let's do more of that. <laughs> I love that. So, so, so that's the plan. I'm hoping that in the next four years, I would be able. I mean, if not roll out everything, I'd at least be able to implement the crushers and get you know to that part of it. Um, I'm doing some research on the crushers now. Um, monet- I'm finding that monetarily, they make these like acrylic crushers. I absolutely do not like them for myself personally. I don't like them. I like the metal crushers. Um, they do a better job in fine grinding the herbs or whatever. For those of you who like your stuff fine grinded, right, so 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 if you like your rosemary grinded so that you can place it in your marinara sauce, then you don't want to go acrylic. You want to go metal. Put it out there. You don't want to go acrylic. You want to go metal. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So I think it's awesome that you found your passion. I, you know, I, I jumped around and, and this is, I, you know, I want to touch on this for anyone who is out there that is searching for a path. I think in the beginning, um, I absolutely knew that I didn't want to work for anyone. Um, it took me a bit to, uh, figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And and I, I jumped in and out of a few things. Um, at some point it was cooking, I was all about baking and cooking and I tried to build a culinary company and then I was like, I don't want to do this. And I stopped because I, I, and I only stopped because I know I'm not, I, I don't take, I take pride in cooking. I don't like to cook for huge parties of people. It's not fun to fry 500 pieces of chicken. Like, <laughs> I did a party for like 75 people one time and it was, I was so swamped at the end. I was like, this is not what I want to do. So Wait, I put- so there's a church trip right now <laughs> where someone is feeling the same way that you feel right now. There is some mothers of a church right now that feels like frying 500 pieces of chicken just ain't it, but they just can't tell the pastor no. Um, I tried, so I, I went from trying to do a culinary business. And then I jumped into wanting to do body and skincare products. Um, a few years ago, I don't know if I shared with you even, I was trying to do, um, like, uh, body scrubs and shea butters and all that stuff. And, um, I had what I thought was a very unique, uh, selling point. Um, I could not, I think I was putting, I felt like I was putting too much money into figuring out how to preserve my product because <laughs> that was the problem I was running into when I was, uh, when I would create it, if I left it in a bathroom, which is usually damp and, you know, kind of humid, um, there was something about it that was not holding together and it was developing a smell. And, and I, and I, I just, I kept buying all these different products and trying all these different formulas and I felt like I was putting too much energy and, and it sounds horrible because if it's your business, you want to put as much energy as it takes to get it off the ground. But I definitely felt like I was put, it, it was not going anywhere. Like I didn't see the advancement in it and I put it down and then I eventually got to this. Um, I, I, I just, uh, would, would like to encourage anybody like what, you know, jump around into as many fields as you'd like to. Um, because what, what, what initially comes to your mind and what you're good at may not be what your passion is. It took me a while to find it. And it's weird that it's in something that I, I don't do often. I don't like, you know, but I know that there's something about my hands that can make a beautiful product and, and people are so pleased with the products that I make. And it brings me joy for people to be like, yo, this is dope. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, jump around as much as you want to. 
I think the one thing I did with myself is that I confined myself to this, uh, you know, Dion already knows I, me, me and my, my relationship with numbers. Um, but <laughs> hey, we, 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 we try to work on this as, as quick, as often as possible. But listen, um, I, I want to say this though. I want to say that, um, in addition to jump around as, as much as possible to mm-hmm. explore, um, also clearly define in the beginning what complete looks like for you, mm-hmm. right? So that you're not, there's a space where you also are moving and you feel like you're moving around aimlessly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to combat that, if you kind of know what you want to do when you go into something, um, you know, I'll be happy if I do this, right. Maybe I'll, I'll be happy if I create one dude tube and get it online. Right. Then, then do the one dude tube, see if it right. works for you. And then if it doesn't leave, if it does do more of it. Right. right. But, but just clearly define the one thing that you want to do so that, you never feel like you're just moving around from thing to thing, not feeling like you're completing stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I think the a lack of completion or a lack of the feeling of completion uh, is what prevents a lot of people from actually starting real businesses. You're probably right, yeah. Because people are afraid. That. They're like, what if I don't finish it? Well, if you came into it already understanding what Finish looked like, mm-hmm. even if Finish wasn't a multi-billion dollar business, it was just one or two. It was just getting it online. It was just creating a social media thing from it. Mm-hmm. Then you would get the satisfaction of doing it mm-hmm. and determine for yourself whether you wanted to do that thing more and make it scale. Right. All right, cool. So listen, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, I think that... Uh, Vanessa represents a lot of folks that are are out here in the world that are uh, trying to figure out what their foothold in entrepreneurship looks like. Uh, we always hear about the folks that got the big uh, venture capitalism who who got cut the big checks and and that's not the story for a lot of folks. A lot of folks are out here and the money that they earn in their first job is paying for their dream to happen. And and that means that it's not big leaps and bounds. It's just small steps. And small steps are absolutely okay. Because before we had social media, people were just grinding in private. Yeah. And social media will lead you to believe that you're supposed to have it all in a matter of weeks. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a dysmorphic kind of way of approaching your business is to believe that you're supposed to be a millionaire in a year. It's just not the path for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to stop looking at the outliers and trying to treat them like they're the median experience. A lot of folks aren't making a million dollars off of their concept. A lot of folks are putting in the work on their concept. And they're getting to a million dollars one step at a time. All right. So, uh, Vanessa, I don't know if you heard the end of the podcast, but the end of the podcast always asks two questions. Of course I have. All right. So we're ready for it. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. So, um, what thing are you watching on any streaming platform that you currently really enjoy? I have been watching... A lot of uh, shows that have to do with people who are being conned. <laughs> I watch a lot of that. <laughs> Great. And that's what I've been... So the most recent thing that I've watched um, was the, the Anna Delvey story. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I want, I want to be a... I want to be an heir. A German heir. I want to be, a, like I be an heir. I want to be an heir. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I want to be an heir. <laughs> I can partially speak French. I feel like I could. <laughs> okay, wait. Really funny story. Um, speaking of 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 being uh, slightly scammy. So when I first came to New York, uh-huh. a lot of folks don't know this. When I first came to New York, um, it was really hard to get into clubs. Like this was when New York clubs were like clubs. Like mm-hmm. you literally had to know someone to get into clubs. Right. I'm not saying that you can't do that now, but like now, this is pre-influencers days mm-hmm. when like. You, someone actually had to know you. You couldn't just refer to a platform to figure out if the person was relevant. <laughs> right. And I definitely used the bit of French that I knew in the accent and the fact that I could dress really well to get into clubs as 
some nondescript African royalty. That's Listen, so guys, whatever. I was in my early 20s. <laughs> it seemed appropriate. I had watched enough um, <laughs> enough coming to America to figure out that people are okay with that. Uh, don't judge me. Um, now I just, I pay for bottle service to get a subscription. All right, fine. But I'm just saying in the beginning, no one knew me, and so I did it. So scammy stuff is real oh, in these streets. That's so All right, funny. so so you're watching uh, shows based on con artists. Yeah, the Anna Delvey story. Um, what was the other the, the show with the the woman that had the the raw food bar in the village? I can't remember. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like her vegan, and another bad guy, vegan, bad yeah. vegan or something. He and it wasn't even her. He, it, was it was him, the guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was crazy. I saw that. Um, I've been watching a lot of those type of shows lately. Um, what is it um, called? American Money. What is it? What with the one with the food? No, 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 no. It's like a series. It's called American Greed. There's a show that talks about greed in America. Is it on Netflix? I think I might have seen it. It's it's. I don't even know what. I feel like it's like an ID show. I don't know what ID okay. channel stands I, yeah. for. But it's like ID. But I feel like it comes on Netflix and or Amazon or something like that. Okay. Um, I think it's called American Greed, and you find out just how many people in Minnesota are scamming. Y'all are scamming out in the Midwest. I love y'all Midwest people, but y'all are scam me. Florida? Scam. I think it I think Canada? I think, <laughs> I think I'm really intrigued by the fact that if you are considered some of what I guess what I call the the pretty population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you dress well, you speak well, you you look a certain way. I don't think people will doubt you for a second. And whatever it is that you put on the table, they'll eat it because they'll be they they're so entrusting in the outer vision of it, they won't even stop to tap into what's going on. And and I mean if they stopped for a second, they would catch you in something that wouldn't feel right to them and they would be like, I'm gonna back off of this. I think people are just like, This is a good looking person. They speak well. They sound like, you know, they knew that you throw a couple of big words around and you just, and you, you can, you can definitely do it. It's. Hello. My, my name is Dion. Uh, I am, uh, I am, I am French. I am from uh, the Congo. My father, uh, me papa, uh, is a, is a king. Uh, which is, uh, no, 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 not king. Um, uh, president, uh, is that right? Is that uh, how do you say that in English? All right, so just putting that out there. <laughs> I was a whole scammy French guy. So I, <laughs> so yeah, I've been watching a lot of that, um, yep. uh, streaming that. Um, so okay, so the second question is: is what do you watch that people wouldn't expect that you watch? Like, what's your guilty pleasure? Um. I started. This is coming from the weed accessory <laughs> woman. Attention! This is coming from the weed accessory woman. I, um, what was the name of the show that I just finished watching? And I don't think anybody would expect me to watch it, um, because I can't rename the remember remember the name of it. I'm gonna go to That's the, the cannabis fallback. <laughs> the cannabis won't allow her to remember the name. I um. <laughs> It was, um, I just recently, and I actually want to watch it again. Okay. The, the documentary, the animal documentary that was narrated by Barack Obama. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I actually saw that. that well, it was. What's interesting though, is that they all have similar names. Okay. Now we're going to give grace because all of them have a similar name. It's like, we are earth. Yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the earth's animal kingdoms. <laughs> You know, our blue planet, right? It's it's definitely, there are definitely very similar names. So I could see how one would not remember the specific name because yeah. there are so many of those in the same category that have very similar names. All right, fine. You get a pass with that. Yeah. So so she's watching <laughs> ecological right. documentaries on Netflix and or Amazon. I am and definitely or the documentary girl, though. You're definitely I, the documentary I, More girl. than a series or a movie, I will go to a documentary. All right, so Tokes to Go, mm-hmm. Instagram, yep. Etsy, if you want to check yep. her out. Um, 
I, I hope that maybe there are some individuals out here that are women that are entrepreneurs that want to connect and build community. And so please reach out to her for that. Absolutely. And uh, we thank you. That. We thank you for, for joining us on Man versus Brand or thank Woman for... versus Brand. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. So listen, guys, uh, if you want to hear more conversations like this, uh, please, please check us out on your plat- pod for. Jesus Christ, I cannot say podcast platform for the life of me. Guys, just by the way, I took four takes. I did the whole intro in one take. It took four takes to get the word podcast platform out. I did it like four times. Am I lying? No. I did it like four times. All right. Please check us out on your podcast platforms. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Bye. If this talk just resonated with you or could help someone you know, follow Dion or his guest on all social media platforms. Till next time. And remember, with any business or brand, give it to your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. See you all soon.